You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hogger Liberty Podcast. This is episode number, this is unbelievable, 301 of East Central's favorite podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I am joined by our returning co-host, Sean Rao, everybody. Mr. Sean Rao, the, as Dakota would say, our Liberty Defender. Welcome to the show, my guy. Thank you. I think this is my first time sitting in the second chair. Man, you've never... I've, I don't think I've ever, it's just been me and you. It's usually... I'm in the third spot, man. Well, this is—I so got pushed up the batting order here. <laughs> that's, that's right. I'm see so how this works out. I'm so incredibly thankful that you agreed. No, thanks for having me. And it worked out for everybody. I had so much confidence in you that I didn't try to even fill the third or fourth chair. I said, "Sean and I can do this, and it's going to be great." Bring the content to the people. Um, what we have planned today. Uh, there's this. This is an episode that I've been thinking about for a long time, and then some other news happened, so we're going to get into that too. We'll we'll start with that. But uh, local business closed. We're going to talk about Montgomery's going away. Uh, the big issue that we wanted to talk about, the big the the filet filet mignon is is this conversation around tipping and tipping creek that has been, uh, I think, inundating our society for since COVID, and it's going to be wildly uncomfortable. And I'm pretty sure we're all going to come across as mean, terrible, and horrible people, uh, which is a part of the fun of the show. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna have some very honest conversations uh, and try not to get ourselves canceled. Uh, and then we've got uh, uh, we, we we won't be able to stay away from the Indy 500, so we'll probably talk about that at the end. Uh, and then there's a big event happening, counter programming the Indy 500 that's happening in in Newcastle and Henry County. Stay tuned to the end of the show for that. Uh, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new, like what kind of terrible, mean-spirited, and horrible people sit behind these microphones today. We may come across as cheap. Man, it's really... I'm just... I'm, really... I, I, okay. <laughs> putting here, us down I, here. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just preparing them. You just you oversell the what may happen. What if I say I believe in hundred percent tips? See, that's yeah. boom. That's there's Honor. my contrary. That's why you're here. Yeah, that is balance. why you've graduated. I'm not even going to argue with you, but my my tipping policies are not the reason why I'm a terrible, awful person. <laughs> I punched my ticket. So many, many other, other ways. things. Yeah, I, I like to diversify my portfolio. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to hear about some wonderful people? Yes, it's the patrons, the people that make this show happen. Uh, you donate at any level, you get you get an extra twenty minutes every each and every episode that we do. Uh, this week we talk about uh, our wonderful spectacular weekend we had out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, uh, and my uh, my rental car story, and a little bit of legal advice from Sean. Uh, it's worth what you pay for it. Uh, so at any level, you can join Patreon and get that valuable legal advice from from Sean Rao. Uh, if you donate at fifty dollars or more a month, though, you get your name dropped and maybe your business too. At the top of each and every episode, uh, Anthony Meyer of uh, Anthony's Anthony's Trucking. He has an official name, but I don't even remember what it is now. Uh, 
check local listings. I'm surprised it's not like meme trucking. Like <laughs> meme trucking United uh, working. Uh, he he, uh, he hauls things for America, keeping America going. Uh, Jonathan Phillips of Andy Moore Buick GMC. Uh, also Jonathan Phillips for Newcastle City Council. Uh, and Christy Avery, everybody's favorite Norwex dealer up in Fort Wayne, Indiana. All right. Let's talk... Uh, Let's talk about the big news that happened. We lost a we lost a local business this week, Zach. It's kind of a bummer. I was a little bit surprised. Montgomery's Steakhouse closed. They had a an incredible deal on Mother's Day, uh, with some 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 phenomenal sales on some at liquor. Uh, which I guess if we had paid attention and you could have read the tea leaves and realized that you can't that that just practically giving away the liquor on the last day you're open at cost at at cost <laughs> is not a sustainable business model. Uh, because they were, they knew they, that that it was done. So, uh, John Montgomery made the announcement, I believe, on Monday that Montgomery Steakhouse, the, the time has run out for that uh, that business here in in Henry County. Been a landmark. It's only been around twelve years. I didn't realize it's only twelve years because it felt much longer. Somebody would have to correct me, or or tell me that because that's a that's a business that's had some issues like from its infancy, and I think he bought it with the building there and finished it there was a place called macaboos that i don't yeah. know if it ever opened or operated because it, it was a little hazy yeah. time for me yeah. as well because it was it that was one of those things that got started and then i would have been shocked if that was that would have gotten started like before the 08 recession and then just sat there for a while until it got because if anybody's ever seen it it is a really it's a really nice building um and i think that somebody kind of ran out of the money and then i think it was macaboos for a minute and then he picked it up and, you know, took it a lot farther than anybody else had taken it before him. It was, it was pretty, I mean, I, for the most part, had pretty good meals there for the most part. Sean, you ready to get in the bar and restaurant business? Um, no, um, I don't have the, the, what do your notes say here? I think it's listed for 1.4 1. 4 million. 4, yeah. Don't have that later for, for the, for the parcel. And I'm in the legal and the business, business, not the, not the food business, but no, I, I had, you know, uh, overall really good meals there and love the, um, the duck breast. That was always what I went with. I didn't go with steak. Fantastic. Um, no, I, it's, it's unfortunate for the community. I mean, we don't really have a place like that. Yeah. Be prime location. Cause it's right off the interstate and could attract, uh, some of those desirable out of town dollars into our County. So if there's, Hopefully someone steps up to the plate because it's a it's a huge facility. Yeah. You, so yeah. Hopefully, hopefully whatever the next stewardship of that building is, so uh, somebody comes in and, and makes it uh, makes it spectacular, and we see what the next uh, the next area is there. I think there's about four or five defined spaces in that building. It's a. I mean, it yeah, it's gonna it can a, host. It's a massive facility. It, yeah, it is. It's like an it's an impressive you know building, and when whoever started it had really big dreams for the place and it was finished out pretty well. But I think that was also maybe been part of the problem. Cause I know Jeremiah mentioned it when we were talking about earlier this week that you go in there and you never really knew which side of the restaurant you were going to be seated on because they might have part of it just closed down or marked off for the building. It's got banquet area that's upstairs. That looks like something out of like a, some Nordic drinking hall or something <laughs> like that. It's a huge building. Yeah, anytime I was seated up there, I always felt bad for the, the servers because they would have oh, the, the, the enormous a staircase. Stairway, yeah, enormous it was a, stairway it was to a come big up staircase. and down. Enormous stairway, but uh, uh, just a lot of memories there, man. Family—that's uh, where my engagement party was, right? Like we got engaged, Sarah and I got engaged, and that was where the whole family met up. So 
uh, Dakota's bachelor party or the night before his wedding, I guess that whatever the, what do they call that? The rehearsal dinner, I yeah. guess that's, that's, that's the, uh, that's the key we're looking for that happened there. So a lot of big moments, bachelor in history. party, that would have been, that would have been interesting. <laughs> the bachelor party at the steakhouse. Uh, no, that was, that one was in Nashville. That was a, that was a Nashville, Tennessee deal. Uh, but it, I mean, it attracted people. I texted a fellow that's coming in for the Indy 500 this week and he, he and his family would always come from New York state with their motorhome, race go-karts on, on the Wednesday before the Indy 500 and then go have dinner at McCormick's. I'm like, Hey man, you need to go to Primo this year. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause it's, you know, it's not there for you. Don't be, don't be surprised. Uh, you never, you never know where people have their, uh, have, have, uh, have their traditions and, and where they come from. Uh, and also that, you know, that t- dovetails in with the news, the v- of VRI, VRA getting sold. And, and that's, you know, that's probably going to go away too. So a lot of changes coming down with the Spiceland exit. Don't know what's going to happen, but, uh, what's kind of a bummer is you wonder if the restaurant would do better. The rumors are that VRA, which is a, a gun store and, and fireworks in season, that that's going to be, they're just going to level that place and put a truck stop there. And you'd wonder if like, if it's going to be like a big, cause truck stops are getting crazy. Like back in our day, they were like dirty places you'd normally go into. And now they're like, they're super nice. They've got one or two restaurants themselves in them. But you have to wonder if that would draw enough interest to the intersection that they might get, they might have got a little bit more business, but upset. water I'm, under the bridge. I'm just now. glad that uh, comrade Darren Jacobs is still, um, ruling over. Iceland with an iron fist. So shout out to Darren if he's listening. Oh, we miss you at the planning commission. He'll listen. He'll listen the next day or two. I'm sure he's always got his. He's always got his people out there. <laughs> he's oh. got his 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 ears, his eyes and ears out there. Listen to this. The iron curtain drops the just iron. just in time to right, let the right when you cross through. seventy. Boom. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about the uh, the filet mignon of this episode. The this idea of and the, all right, let's just say it. After COVID, like the service industry changed a little bit in tipping and in what you, everybody was trying to be very generous. And we said, "Hey, we're going to take care of people. Servers are out of work. We're going out to restaurants. We're trying to support people." So we had a huge tipping culture that came along. Uh, now we're like three years past it, and. A lot of the tipping culture is still there, and there are places. This is the, what's triggered me: is that there are places asking for tips that maybe didn't used to ask for tips before. Does this does this make sense to you, Sean? I'm listening. So, I'm listening. the the seminal moment in this conversation was a visit to the McAllisters Deli okay. in Muncie for me. Okay. I tried to use their app. They said, "Hey, use the app. It'll be great." Download my. This, this might be old man gravy time too. Download the app. You try to place your order and the thing won't go through. Doesn't work. Now, McAllister's business model is it's a, a one of these fast, casual restaurants. You go to the counter and you order real quick. They give you a number. They drop the food off at your table. You make your own drink. You get your own tea. You get your own whatever, water, Coke, whatever it is. It's like a half step off of fast food. Yeah. So it's, it's like Chick-fil-A because Chick-fil-A would probably do the same thing for you. Yeah. And right they drop table. they drop the food at your table. Yep. So... McAllister's, I, I try to order at the app. You go to the table, you sit down now. It's kind of a contactless deal. You go sit down, you got your table number, you go through, you painstakingly create an account. 
you go through, you make all your selections, you say, okay, I'm ready to order. And then it says, hey, do you want to leave a tip? And I'm like, I did all the damn work. Like, I'm not on the app. I'm, I've, I've taken my own order now at this point. And I've done all the work and it's, do you want a tip? And it's like a 15%, a dollar, $2, what do you want to do? And I'm like, no tip. So I'm like, they're going to drop the food off. At this point, I've done all the work. It errors out. It craps out on me. It won't work. I'm like, oh, I don't tip you. And now it's, now it, now your system breaks. AI needs play money too. So then I'm like, all right, I'm just going to walk up there. And then I, and I go up and I'm like, I've never had to tip at the counter here. So I just go up. I said, okay, take my order. And once again, if I didn't tip, it would not, my thing would not process. Wow. My card wouldn't go through. The McAllister's conspiracy against yes. you. So I finally was like, all right, fine. Two bucks, whatever the hell it was. I tipped and I moved on with my life. But that was, that started the, the, that was, that was the butterfly on the back that had, that made me go into this thing. So now I'm thinking, all right, where, <laughs> and of course, of course, this is the week where I've done a number of things that put me in situations to be thinking about it. Cause I spent the entire week thinking about tipping. And I know I'm getting ready to do the show on tipping. This week we had a refrigerator delivered at my house. I'm like, I can't do a show. Buying, I bought, we bought a refrigerator from Myers Furniture and Appliance. Lovely people, wonderful refrigerator. Yeah. I can't do a show and say, oh, I'm not, I don't want to talk about it. You can't not tip them, right? But then I'm like, am I supposed to tip them, Sean? Are, uh, refrigerator repair, uh, delivery guy, do you tip them? Who's, where, where do we draw the line? See, for me, that one is, there's a delivery fee with that. We've paid, yes, we've so done I, the delivery fee. I presume that covers the cost of their labor. That's what the consumer would think. Right. Um, now, moving guys, when I was younger, I moved around a lot. Moving guys, you're supposed to tip. And usually, if I had stuff that was not junk, but stuff I didn't want, I'd usually just kind of like, all right, you guys can have that TV. Yeah, oh, it's, it's for you guys. Just give these away. You tip what, with furniture. Yeah, it's like they're like thrilled about it. And I'm like, all right, cool. It works out for everybody. But no, it is difficult to navigate. Um who gets who should get tipped and who who shouldn't? I I just generally err on the side of um, being generous at places I frequent, right? So I'm not known as a um, a hole. Uh, but aside from that, usually it's just more of is there a service worker who has some amount of time or some amount of skill, like someone that cuts my hair, right? Right. I want. I want them to be a, you know, a skilled person and understand if I get a haircut that I think is fine, then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll reward them for their skill and their time. Um, and that's a conflict too, right? That this is, these, these are the conversations you have with yourself. Okay. In theory, you go to a, you, you go to like a great clips. They don't set the price. So there's a tip line there. Okay. You, right. you pay it. Well, if you go to MVP barbershop and clay cut your hair, Clay says, I want 15 bucks for a haircut. Okay. If you want 15 bucks, I'll pay you 15 bucks. If you had said you wanted 20 bucks, I'll pay you 20 bucks, right? So are you supposed to tip your barber? I do. I, I generally mm -hmm. give $5 extra. You get 20 bucks. Right. But I don't know if that's right. I don't, this is, there's so much vagary and this is an American yeah. problem. This is not, this doesn't happen in Europe. Well, it doesn't happen because usually these people are paid like a living wage, which we don't necessarily guarantee in America. Uh, well, nobody's guaranteeing a living wage to an owner operator that's at a barber shop. That's true. They don't. Um, they don't know what they're going to get. So, and I do think that the whole um, time around COVID is is definitely 
something where businesses, small businesses especially, obviously struggle to stay afloat. Um, if your business model is, I'm going to have a bunch of people in a room, it wasn't really feasible in, for, for two years or so. So it did make sense to, you know, when I did pick up at Primo um, during that, and I tip, you know, quite a bit more than I usually would because I know you you're know, taking care of people businesses. that normally would. Yeah. People I, I deal with on a regular basis and just use common sense and just try to be a little generous and everything will work out. So anybody, I think as a basic common ground on this, right? Anybody that makes the federal less than federal minimum wage, the tipping wage, the $2 and whatever the hell it is, those people automatically be generous, do your whole thing, take care of them, right? That's, Zach, that makes sense to you. Yeah. And, and you had some service, some food service experience yourself, right? I know your brother did. My Maybe brother did. did. I did not. My brother worked, yeah, my brother worked at Sky's Brew House for several years. I never, yeah, I never did food service, but thankfully. I worked at a grocery store. But I got, once in a while, I got, I was a bagger. I got tipped every once in a while for taking groceries out to people's cars. But I didn't expect it. You're talking about like the fridge delivery. In your case, your house is a pretty quick in and out. If I had a house where it was an absolute pain to get the fridge into place and it's more than the norm. We're just going up to the third floor here, guys. Yeah, I would probably tip. Like if I know that <laughs> if I on. know that they're going to have nightmares about that, like they're never going to want to come back to my house, I would tip. But if it's a normal, if it's a straight up in like my fridge sits inside of a doorway. So it would literally be it's up three steps through a doorway, move it over a foot and a half or whatever, clear the door. It's done. That's an easy in and out. But yeah, if I was, oh, this fridge is up on the third floor. You got to make this, get around this corner, squeeze it through this door. We're taking the door off to get through. Then I mean, they you so should tip them. Mine wasn't super easy. You easy. would think mine would be easy. easy. They had to take the doors off of the old one and off the new one and disconnect the water line and reconnect the water, water line. line. There was, I mean, there was, there was some work. So we, I, Damn. we did the right thing. But yeah, I don't know. I'm sure as hell not tipping ten percent of the purchase price or fifteen percent or twenty. You know, yeah, that's take the, the hard, first number that, and double it. Well, would, let's see. Yeah, that would be the hard part is to figuring two, out what the tip would be in a situation. Two thousand dollar refrigerator. Take the first number and double it. Four hundred bucks. That's that's you, no, that's the wrong number. You know, it would be an interesting. I don't know anybody that does it. An interesting person to have on that discussion would be the uh, like Uber Eats uh, type people. Because I know that they'll straight up just refuse an order because they'll have people that'll order a bunch of food they want delivered from Newcastle to Mount Summit or something like that, a 10 minute drive around and they'll get like, yeah, I'll give you a $2 tip. And they're like, it's, it's like, it's not even worth my time to even do that. And so they'll just, at least in that instance, they know in advance. Yeah. They can figure that out. But that's an interesting thing. But what that is and whether or not I'm going to take that, you know, it is weird when you go to some places and you're like, I think part of it too is the, is the software is they're all using some variation on square, like square. And I wonder if some of them, it's just built in there and they just don't bother to take it off or what's going on with that necessarily. Because well, square, like I use square for my business and it can, like when I send an invoice or when we do a payment at the counter, um, we don't, I could set it up if I wanted People tip, to tip, tip, but obviously, as an attorney, I don't want to do, do you that. Tip your legal professional. You don't. You do not tip your lawyer. If you get a lawyer that accepts tips, probably get the wrong person. <laughs> no, I know Square makes that where you can do that or not do that. So. Sean, I, yeah. I can only imagine you don't have that many people that are trying to pay you extra. You'd be surprised. <laughs> You'd be surprised what people do. What do they expect for the extra? Any, power? any, well. <laughs> How much is this going to cost? Really? 
What's cash price? Okay. No, there's no cash price. You just pay me. <laughs> but, but like we, there was obviously a lot of carry out during COVID. Before COVID, there was a restaurant near my office. You ordered carry out from there, and it was one woman who handled it. Sure. And when you rolled up, she had your food, everything in a bag, and then she yep. would be like, what do you need? And she's like, do you need like napkins? Do you need forks, plates? And she would make sure everything was in the bag. She'd look through it and make sure everything was there. And you got it, and you knew everything was put together, ready to go, and she got tipped because she was really good at what she did. And she made sure that you didn't get back to the office and realized that didn't you didn't have ketchup. something. Because yeah. Yeah, we all know that that horrid feeling when you do get like fast food or something like that, you get back to where to you get back to work at lunch and you're missing something and you don't have the ability to go get, correct your order. You're eating soup with no spoon. Good yeah. luck, buddy. Yeah. So so people like that ain't I mean, I'm willing to tip almost anybody that's exceptional at what they do. Like if they change they alter the experience. There are people at McDonald's I would tip. If I could, because when you get a good person in fast food that knows what they're doing, it can change the change the quality of the whole meal. But. So rideshare started, you know, Uber started yeah. back in the day of cashless, super easy, get in, the driver made their money off the app and it was handled. You had no you had no thought about it. And I drove Uber for fun as a single man seven, eight years ago, and you had nothing to worry about. You just got in, you drove the people. There was no tipping option. There was nothing there. Lyft came along, and all of a sudden, Lyft is like, hey, do you want to leave a tip? So now that causes ambiguity, and I think you know Uber finally did it later on. I probably did 25 rides as a driver. One time, somebody gave me a cash tip. It just never happened. And now even in rideshare, you've got this ambiguity of, of where it's like, did they give you great service? Are you going to tip them? And, and you're, you're a jerk if you don't, right? Well, the, the issue is, too, these these I don't know about Lyft or Uber, what they're paying their drivers, but it seems to me that um, they're they're not getting what you're being charged like anywhere close to that right. because they are taking a huge cut, and then so the left whatever's leftovers for the driver, and then it kind of like makes you think, okay, how much is this corporation actually paying this poor human being driving this minivan with my drunk ass in it? Yeah. Uh, Thirty four dollars. The guy got nine <laughs> bucks off of it. <laughs> And he's still got to pay his insurance, his car payment, Drove his fuel like 30 bill. minutes, you know, like, so I don't ever mind tipping. I did have a funny experience. I was in Cincinnati and I was um, going to a couple breweries and um, went to a concert. And so I was Ubering and um, the guy had a, like a parenting book or a baby book on the dashboard. And I was thinking like, trying to show like he's a new dad or expecting dad like 100 you know, yeah all these right pictures there, of his children like, right yeah and then all the, the whole time he's talking to some chick on the phone and he's like yeah you know we could just come back to my place or whatever <laughs> it's like dude it's like the homeless <laughs> people that have a dog like, come on just get, stay in the lane yeah. you just want to talk to your girl that's fine you want to be a dad thing? That's he fine. Like, he, he like borrowed his sister's baby book. To throw I felt very dash, confused, yeah. but I did tip the guy. He checks it out of the library yeah. every Friday. Yeah. As long as somebody it's, can safely get. It's a whole album of stock photos out of frames <laughs> at like, at like. Yeah. And then the bottom it says Getty Images. <laughs> yeah. It's just, reminds me of the movie. <laughs> that's the my goods. son's name. Getty Images. <laughs> the goods where the guy there. Do you remember this movie about the no. used car dealership? Got Jeremy Piven in it. It's a very sea level movie, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Um, and there's the scene where they Jeremy Piven's group gets brought in to take over a car dealership to help them out. And they're looking at these, these salespeople and they're like, Oh, 
your your wife's way too uh your kids you got to have skinny kids in the pictures you can't have good looking happy healthy kids you got to have skinny kids so they replaced his pictures of his kids but he had a really homely looking wife he's like oh don't throw that away that is the best ugly wife picture i've ever seen in my life you got to have the ugly wife and the skinny kids they feel sorry for you they have to buy the car from you i felt sorry for this guy so i gave him you know the what is it one three or five dollars so i was just like whatever i'm out having a good time he got me here safely um, let's go so here's the other side so if there's a tipping line uh, that part makes sense and you get we're conditioned you know I'm, I'm pushing 40 years old and you're conditioned you know they get the server gives you a ticket you get a chance to write on it you fill it out you know what to do you give it back now that we've gone to these kiosk ordering things uh you know you, you we had been in here from the press you tip in advance well I don't know what's at the coffee shop. Fine. Yes, I understand. We know what's going to happen. You know what you're going to get, but you don't know what's going to happen when you tip in advance at a place that they're going to take, if they're going to take good care of you or not. That's another, is that, am I overthinking this one guys? No, that's true. I mean, that could be a situation you're, you're paying for service and you're, your tip tip should is in relation to the quality of the service you receive. It doesn't make any sense to tip before the, the service has been rendered. Yeah, But then you're, are you drinking the coffee right in front of them? They're like, okay, no. does this taste good? Did I have good service? But like, what if you, okay. what, if, what, what if you don't realize what's going on? You go into a coffee shop, you put it down, you tip them. It's not a drinking a coffee. What if you end up having to sit there for 15 minutes? Cause they're like, they just don't make it. Yeah. And you, you tipped, you've them. tipped them now. And now you're just screwed. You gave them five bucks and now they're, and now they're so, just yeah, thinking around. Whether or not your order would be right. But one thing is just like, it'd be, there's a lot that could go wrong there. Most of them are going to be good. Most of the time I bet you're going to, locally. If you're in a, like a local coffee shop, you know, yeah. That you're going to get good service, but yeah, that is weird to tip before you have the meal, or the, the food. The ultimate one that has pissed me off is the new steak and shake model. Oh yeah, there, have you guys been to steak and shake not, in the post COVID world? I have I'm just, not. Uh, it is disturbing. It is bad. I know Jeremiah and I got me the the local steak and shake used to be used to actually have what I would imagine would have been no music, but like a it's got like a fifties diner feel. It was right. like, there was a hustle and a bustle. Yeah. Now you go up and order at a kiosk, and then uh, five, ten minutes later, and there's like, I think when I was there, there might have been two employees. There's one guy on the grill, and there's a woman who comes out and shouts the order number or your drinks or whatever, and you walk up and get them. But there's no, except for the few people getting up and going up to get their food, there's no movement within a restaurant. It's all glass and tile, whatever. It feels like you're eating in a mausoleum. (laughs) It's this cold, quiet dark like not dark because there's a lot of white in there but it's a very weird stark feeling in there i they're dirty this is my so this is i've my only complaint. been in our start i've, only I've been, been in ours like uh, breaking news a steak and shake is dirty i've been well they've, they've disincentivized the service side right so it's a vending machine you basically yeah. but but it asks for a tip and, and i'm like in, what the hell am i tipping for the, i've only been to muncie and bloomington i've not been to newcastle i've, I've so only been to newcastle, newcastle. So. and but you know what the employees don't they can legit say i don't know it's dirty because they literally don't come out from behind the counter, right? So they've cut this. They've cut to the bone so much that you're tipping the staff because maybe they're not being paid enough to to work there. Uh, raise your prices, guys. Fine, raise your prices. Pay them. Don't make me do it. But you have you tip them, and then nobody seems to be responsible for making sure that there's ketchup in the ketchup machine. So it's like, hey, you got to get one of their attention. Hey, can I get some ketchup packets? Because there's no ketchup in the machine. The the ice. Both times I've gone. The ice machine is completely out of ice. So you have to ask for ice from the. It's like they've just said the hell with the dining room and all that they have working 
is the stuff for the drive-thru line. It's like dystopia. And then you look and every single table is still dirty. So there's nobody respond. Nobody has the incentive because if you have a, you know, if you have, you have a bus boy, you got a server, somebody that's going to bus tables, clear them. That's gone in their model now. There might, I'm not joking. When I was there and it was lunch, there might have, maybe there were three. There might have been somebody on the drive through I didn't see, but I think that the, as far as what I could see quickly, two employees of the runner who wasn't running any farther than the counter and one guy on the grill. It was, it was, it was, it was unsettling. We should all go weird, to Steak and Shake. How weird of an experience it was. <laughs> yeah. see how, I could go for a Frisco melt. Oh, I love Frisco. You got three melt. hours to Frisco spare. melt is just. <laughs> I love Frisco melt. I mean, I don't know. You've described it as dirty and no one works there. It sounds really appealing to me right now. I don't know, man. I just. And then, and then they, you know, they shut down so many of them. The franchise, the fr- they're asking for new franchisers. I just, I hope that they get get the backlash to save it because it, it should be a great model like it if you need to adjust the price of your food fine five guys cost three times as much raise your price a little bit yeah. but make it make it work well it's great because it grown up you know um in high school and different things so like if you had like a school event or you're playing a game somewhere or whatever steak and sh- or going to a concert with friends steak and shake was open all the time after football games super yeah. cheap like high school kids could pay for it. And we always, again, tipping, we tried to tip, we tried to break the mold of, you know, being the high school kids that, you know, just made a mess and didn't tip anything. But, um, you know, I had friends that hung out like the Marion steak and shake, the Kokomo steak and shake. Just, it was like a third place to be. You could pull, you could pull a bunch of tables. You and could have pull 15, tables together. 15, you could stay 15, up drinking coffee together. till two in the morning. You know, it was just really a, a unique place. So I'm sorry to hear, um, the, the, Empire of Steak and Shake is in disrepair and disarray. But here's my other tipping dilemma I get into is that I don't always have cash to tip. Right? I I I almost run everything through a debit card or credit card, whatever. So I having cash is pretty uncommon. And then it's usually ATMs give you a twenty. You don't have small bills to tip people. Right. And twenty bucks seems like a hell of a tip. I go through the car wash, right? I I, I try to we got the sticker on the car wash thing. You never pay any money. You drive in, you go to the car wash. And then our Clancy's here in town has hand dried cars. Well, those guys are busting their butts. So I try to give them a little something from time to time, but I'm not, I don't do it every time. Is, should you tip at the car wash? I don't know. Here's the problem specifically with our local car wash Clancy's is that it dumps out directly onto a state highway and there's another car coming up right behind yeah. you. So there's not you a lot. You don't have much time. It's an awkward moment to, for them to even it catch. It is an urgent the, tipping situation. Yeah, it's an urgent tipping situation. And then and the, you don't want to roll your window down because you're going to streak it. Streak it, yeah. So you've got to open your door and Turns, hope they're there. And then and then the wintertime, you got to worry about whether or not it's iced over and you're going to just sit there spinning. Yeah, so it's that, our Clancy's is, is not a good one to even have that opportunity. You're, yeah, if you do it, it's you've executed a maneuver that took a little bit of effort. And there are some next level Clancy's that have a inside the car car wash. You go to Muncie, there's a couple of them that will wash, that will vacuum, that will do the whole wipe down. And those people I think need tipped because they've gone above oh, and definitely, beyond. Yeah, definitely. Those, those people need a tip. Definitely when they're cleaning out um, Jeremiah's Marzavarati. <laughs> um, you know, whenever that's happening. Or... Or that's we, when you give them the full 20. When they're doing ragged that, out they're, rental vehicle they're dealing, that smells detailing, like the, the, the cannabis... <laughs> Yeah, but we there's a restaurant near Speedway Mug and Bun that they don't accept. You can't put the tip on a card, and luckily, 
the girls got smart enough. I'm guessing their boss knows and doesn't care. They put their like in the That's little exactly pamphlet. Right. They know their <laughs> well, their pamphlet that they give you that you give your bill into. They had their Venmo and their Venmo PayPal business card and stuff like that. They well, they just had the sticker like they slapped it on there or just wrote it down so you can pay them their tip directly. But I know that like when I go in there, I felt bad. I we called in an order and she didn't even give me that thing. She just he said, "Here's your food." I paid her, but she didn't put, give it to me. So I couldn't tip her because I think she thought, why would you tip me? It was a call and order. But the only thing that she didn't do that normally would be done was take my order. The other stuff, she was still running the food out to me and, go, and took her two trips and all other stuff. So the only thing, she only skipped one part of that stuff. And I would have tipped her knowing that she doesn't probably get tipped as much as she should get tipped because of their the way they operate. Pat Bremer's in the chat, and he says, Chinese buffets. They put him at odds when he's paying because he, he has to get his own food and drink, but somebody does come by and empty your plates. Do you tip or do you not tip? Yeah, the Chinese buffet is one of those where they, they give you the ticket to sign in advance. Again, you don't know what service you're going to get. Are we? That's that's I one leave, where I, I kind of go. a couple bucks. I go, I go like a buck ahead. Can you, yeah. Can you, can you just drop money on the table? Yeah, that's what I use. Well, who has do. cash? That's, this, oh, is the, well, this is the other I mean, side aside from attorneys, we're flush, flush <laughs> with money. Not really, but get attorneys that get paid with questionable ones. Yes, from the other the side. Stardust shut from, down. So from, the other side, paid, from the other side, I've never well, been paid a questionable listen, ones. You, you, sir, just admitted to your time in Kokomo. I think you've got some hip hugger, hugger ten. I, I'll plead the fifth. Have you ever, <laughs> ever pulled out cash like next to a police officer and his dog looks at it, just looks at your money and just sits down because the money is supposedly all filthy and has drugs on it, but that would be, I'd never actually, I don't eat Chinese buffet. So I've never been put in that situation. I know as a kid, uh, there was a, uh, for a brief moment in time, there was a wildly popular Chinese buffet called China coast, I believe. And we had a server there that was on the refill thing. And he was like a magician and he got tipped. Like we were sitting in a booth that was surrounded by plants and his arm came through the plants and poured us. <laughs> a like it was by the end of the meal, it was like, this dude is the Bruce Lee of refills. You wouldn't like, even know it was. Yeah. It, yeah he you would kill even, you and you wouldn't even you wouldn't know you're dead. Coming, you just see a dr- like a, literally an arm just drops. He just droops. Yeah. And so been he, assassinated by the way, the server you will never be dehydrated. He got, yeah. He got tipped because he did such, it was entertaining how good he was at what he was doing. So we do cruises and you prepay your gratuities on a cruise. You don't know if the cruise line steals that money or not from the third world workers that are on the ship, but you've already prepaid your gratuities. But I have noticed, Sean, that if you tip your bartenders on a cruise ship, you move to the front of the line, no matter what those drinks get strong. Yes. Well, and you, and you never have an empty glass. Yeah. So that's that that is a above and beyond, but that's a that's a self service tipping situation. I think bartenders are almost that's, an entirely different category here. It's you're looking out for yourself. That's a symbiotic relationship. Yes, it helps me. It helps you. Everybody's happy. They know they know you're going to be taken care of, and that's if you're a regular at a restaurant, yeah. same thing. If a wait if a waitress has eight tabletops she's looking after, and she knows Zach's a good tipper, Zach's going to be taken care of. He's at the top of the list. Hotel cleaning staff. Yeah, do you tip? Are you looking at my list? No, that's that's. That, <laughs> no, I didn't. That's I made a, I made a list over here that no. I gave to that Sean and I are looking at. No, because that's a I know that's a hotly debated one. So the 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 hotel staff is tough. I if it's one night, I generally don't. If you're there for multiple, and this and this is where you're making up your own rules and can you yeah, sleep right. at night? Because you're like, all right, yeah, if you stay somewhere a week, yeah, you give them, you know. Five ten bucks a couple times, but who the hell knows if it's the same person all week? What if 
what if Jane took care of you the first four days, then on the fifth day it was it was Susie, yeah, and, and you, you gave Susie thirty bucks, and Jane yeah. got nothing? Or you could you have a different a different clean person every night. Yeah. You tip one, right? And she can't take care of you the rest of the week. And she and she's thinks gone. you're great. Yeah. yeah, and she just takes it. Yeah. Well, typically they're gonna be on you know several days on a row, row, from what I understand of the um, hotel clean staff. But no, I think. Two days or more, I think you want to tip. I think if it's just a day or if it's if it's just you, like if it's me and my family, right? There's all these pizza boxes, you know, all these other things going on. Okay, I'll I'll tip for that. But if it's just me traveling, I'm you know I barely use the trash can. I've you know I've you know, showered easiest, in like easiest just room. They're just super, gonna they're just gonna make your bed. And they're just gonna make my bed. Pretend nobody day. else slept put, in put, it. Put, like, put the tape across done. the toilet and call it a day. Yeah, I don't really tip just if it's just me, but if it's multiple people or it's more than one day. Well, that's another place that where COVID has kind of copped us out. Is that I go to re- I go to hotels now, and it's like, hey, if you really need your room made up, give us a call. We're only right. turning this room over every four days, or if you request it, kind of a thing. So. Yeah. Listen, we know you don't get a new towel every day at home. All right. So don't expect it here. It's not like it's one and done. And you have to throw it on the ground. That's that's the policy hotels have taken now. Uh, and I assume it's so that they can cut staff and employ less people. What also was save water. They always talk about that. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a big thing. Save, save some water here. All right. What, what else do we have on this list over here? The auto parts store one. So say say you take your manly card away or if you're like me and you just didn't want to have to go home with a car battery, pay a core charge and have to return a battery. And you know, they can swap one out in 10 minutes. Should I have tipped that guy today that swapped a battery out for me? I could sound like Dwight Schrute and be like, I'm not tipping for a job I can do myself. I mean, <laughs> I, I, if you were like in a tight spot and you really wanted to like show your appreciation, sure. Like if you're in the middle of what Arizona and you're trying to try, okay. You know what I mean? But yeah, uh, if it's kind of included with the service, then I don't know. I've spent the whole week thinking about this stuff now, so I'm yeah. uber sensitive it's to a, it. it. And sorry to Matt, Matt Moore. Like I know the advance. If there's anything that has to be done besides removing the battery terminals and possibly loosening the bracket, they won't do they it. They won't do it. My yeah. Tahoe has a a bracket that crosses between uh, the core support and the fender. It takes, you just have to loosen one bolt, take one bolt out, and it pivots out of the way. Literally, it's, it's a nine inch long bracket. They will not put a battery in that. They did mine today. Did they move the bracket? Is yours had the bracket? Oh, yeah. So mine at one point, they refused (laughs) it. Now, honestly, I have never had, I can't remember the last time I had them do anything like that. Like, cause they'll do that. They'll do wipers. I'll tell you what, if I am incapable of doing a job, like if I went into an auto port store and I bought wipers and they put wipers on my car and wipers are not hard, but it's kind of weird sometimes you have to kind of figure out what the mechanism and they did it. I would probably tip them because there's times it's taken me until I kind of learned how all mine work. And that's why I drive the same cars for decades on end (laughs) is. Sometimes you cannot figure out because you get the wiper and it's got like multiple things to attach it and everything. If they walk you, out there and whip it together, you got to loop, swoop, and pull and it. You got to pull this. They pull. might save you twenty minutes of just absolute frustration. Probably worth a tip if you can spare it. But if they're just run out there and they throw it on there, it depends. If it's raining, maybe you make them go out in the rain, depending upon the weather. There's, I mean, no, there's times though where I've gone. I, I, you know, I propane refill at the hardware store. I don't tip those guys. I've never tipped those I've never guys. Tipped that it. one that, never that never even occurred that's to me one that right there. A I just thought but you know what? Most of the time I do my, I've never gone there when the weather's bad. Nobody wants been, to do that when the weather's shitty. And a lot of times when I come up there, they will fight over who helps me 
because they can't wait. That's like a break for them. They get to go outside and chill outside and enjoy the weather for 15 minutes or listen, 10 minutes. Listen, lady, I'm not going to tip you because I'm rewarding you by letting you come outside. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I, I never thought of it because like they're happy to this help. Is, this is the part where we're horrible people, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I've never, that's the one that just popped my brain is just, just last week. And I feel like I'm a pain sometimes because I'm like, I never even tried to know if they'll say yes or not, if they'll take it because I'm like, well, this one's a half full. This one's empty. This one's because I'll take, I'll save up. I don't, I don't have Jeremiah's propane collection, but I have quite a few propane tanks. I'll save up till I've got two or three that need yeah, propane and propane accessories. I have, yes, I have a hundred. If Pink I have Hill. them all full up, I have a hundred pounds of propane. At my house. Hill. I've got 120 pounds because I'm ridiculous. Mine aren't, mine don't travel with me like that. Yours do you, but. <laughs> But yeah, so I didn't even thought about that. That's one where there's times I probably should because I know I'm a bit of a pain in the butt. How about, okay, here's another one that, this is the one that's, that's been sticking with me now and it happened a year ago. We bought a new couch and this, this one occurred to me when, when I went through the tipping scenario of I need to go tip these people that delivered our refrigerator. We got a sectional big couch, like a four piecer. I just sat there and watched those guys. Put it haul together. it all inside, put it together, and then I'm pretty sure they lingered. I think they stayed a little longer. <laughs> I think now that I'm looking back at it, I think they lingered, and they were like, "All right, well, um, you, are you happy with everything, shut, Mr. Rao? Uh, it looks, uh, you know, trail. it's, uh, it looks, you know, I think, I think it looks pretty good in there. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, <clears throat> uh, I think, I think I screwed that one up. Maybe I don't know. Should you do? do you, I, this is where I want the feedback of the audience to know. Oh yeah, like there there have got to be things where they expect tips, or it's pretty customary. And then you're the asshole. We shouldn't say that on the radio. You're the jerk. Eight thirteen. Uh, <laughs> you're the jerk. Who uh, we, we're just after the hour here. I think uh, that, that 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 you know that you're the one in ten that didn't, and then you worry about that. Was your couch delivered from a local retailer or from out of town? I mean, what is Muncie out of town? Yes. So I mean, we have a couple because a part of me would also wonder it's, and this is, it's not the employee's fault. Sometimes the delivery charges are insane. Yes. It's not a little bit of money. Right. Like you've paid a lot of I paid money. You, I paid to you a hundred dollars to bring this thing. Yeah, I'm not giving so you $40 like if, more. Yeah. So like in, if in the case of like, if you, your fridge came from 1.2 miles from your house. And so like in that case, I'd be a little less inclined because I'm, Part of it, you you wish it would be awesome if you could see a breakdown like Uber. If you could order an Uber and said this Uber is going to be thirty five dollars, and by the way, here's the breakdown of the charges. Uber's taking this cut. This is going yeah, here. Uber and doesn't want you to see. They don't that. want you to see. Uber that. doesn't want and, you to see. That. You need thing. to go drive for Uber a little bit so you know, so we have yeah. the information. And so it's been like what? eight years you know since what? I've done it. You know, I bet would tell you. I bet Reddit or Twitter would tell you. You could ask around there and figure that out. But in that case, if you pay somebody, I bet somebody's paid like 150 bucks to have something delivered from Newcastle to Newcastle. If people don't know Newcastle. It's our town is four miles long and a mile and a half wide. I would be less inclined to tip. Now, if somebody's delivering something from the north side of Indianapolis, or I know there's a guy I've talked about having to replace the windshield. Got two vehicles need windshields. He'd be coming from Jeremiah knows a guy. He's from the west side of Indianapolis. Oh my God. I've never tipped him. Probably getting it. Probably might I suck. Get, probably might get a tip. Especially like if it had been like a year ago when diesel or gas was like four or five bucks a gallon, I might tip that guy. But a lot of those people are also charging more. 
But if you're an owner operator and you've decided what your prices this is what are, your rate is, this yeah. is what you want paid for it, then move on. Like that's yeah. that's the, that's the struggle I get into. That's back to the barber question. Especially when you don't expect it and the kiosk turns around and it's asking you right oh, now. The the kiosk when the kiosk asks me. And then you've got the once again the lingering situation of they can see what you're doing. It, it, they, they you know they they did their thing then they flip it over to you and then they just you have to feel, be the guy to sl- like to slide the bar back over to the left. I've also been to a couple of restaurants lately that um, hit you up with the, and it seems to be getting smaller, the large group automatic gratuity. Oh, it yeah. used to be like 10 to 12. Eight people. And now, and now it's six at some restaurants. Oh, my God. Six, six is like a family. That's fam- damn near your family alone. Yeah, that's just, yeah, that's a good Catholic family right there. Six. Damn family. And, but sometimes the bill, that won't be super clear that it's already on there. And I've had some really good service. There's a restaurant I go to that we always hit that because we take 10 people in there. But she's like, Oh, by the way, everybody tips already on there and she'll make sure to tell you she gets extra. She probably walks out with a 40% tip for me on an, a pretty nice meal that wasn't cheap because she's also an exceptional server. I'm like, good for her. She deserves the extra, but she makes sure to tell me I've had one. I was in a restaurant years ago that the way that this person uh, took care of that automatic tip was that they wrote it in on my bill them on my credit card slip themselves they they filled in my credit card slip and just told me to sign unfortunately for them they did not carry the one uh oh so they so sh- their shitty math <laughs> their cost them their shitty math gave me a $2 discount because it was actually only le- a two dollar discount. Less than, not a, we're was, not talking but, hundreds but, of no, dollars but, it was, but they were trying hey, to give themselves the it ended up being less than my actual bill and they tried and then they, but then when it went through it, they, they fixed it. I'd taken a picture of it and I spoke to their manager Uh-oh. and I said, this is what happened. And this person, and that person was a terrible server because they already had their tip. They had, they had their tip. See, once again, this is conversation of we've decoupled it. Yeah. And this is the problem. This is my, this is my, my core problem with tipping in advance. Yeah. Is that you've, that, you've, you've broken the relationship, Sean. We, yeah, we walk in, we sat down with eight people and mailed it in. Now they don't care. Why is it that the United States is the only place that does this, right? Am I wrong? No, I this really is really the world. American problem. This is a purely, or at least a North American problem, specifically American issue. Right? I'm going to, I'm going to go back to Canada and do some more research this fall. I'd love to hear. More. I think people, I think you do get. I'd have to ask my mom. I've never traveled to Europe, but I, my understanding is that this is definitely tip. not a European. Problem. You don't tip. Okay, there. I'll tell you what. I bet that in fully developed countries other than the United States, this is not a concern. I do think when you travel to places that are less developed, then there is definitely a tip. I think if I think when my I'll have to ask her, but my mom went to Costa Rica and they had a guy who drove them around, fixed their meals and all that stuff. I think he got tipped. Yeah. Okay. And so got tipped well. So shore excursions on a on a cruise, yeah. on a, on a, you know, you fly away to a destination and all inclusive, they take you out and they show you the beaches and they take you, they take you shopping, all that stuff. Every one of those drivers in the Caribbean has a tip bucket. Yeah. And that, but they know the Americans will do it. Right. I don't right. know if they've got the European base there, if the Europeans are going to tip them or not, but they know the Americans will. But all the way, they got the little microphone. They're talking about all this. Show us some love. Yeah, play music, talking about places you're passing by. Yeah. See now this is this Sean is another one of those dilemmas you can get into of okay, well if it's a if it's a minivan or like a fifteen passenger van, mm-hmm. you're not getting off without tipping. Right. But if it's a fifty person bus, 
Now you're like, listen, I didn't get the personalized service. I don't feel as obligated on a bus to tip. I sat way in the back, man. I, do I have to now? If, if there's like four couples and it's the, and it, tipping, then yeah. you better tip. I've tipped on uh, harder fishing. Yep. That, well, tipped. that when you have to tip, yeah, I, that's a yeah. You definitely that's tip a on skill that. where they're they're taking care of. I uh, tipped on um, if you got a hunting guide, maybe you tip that guy. Sure, but he's made up his price, right? That's the back right. to that other conversation about well, well, same with like tours, like for like say there's a tour that we're gonna we've been on before up in uh, the UP up in Michigan and they take you around, show you the, all the shipwrecks and things like that. And then there's tip bucket. And then, you know, we, we did one in Maine tip bucket at the end. Thanks. Thanks for tipping. So sort of the tour guide stuff is, is interesting. If I have a good time, I'll throw in, you know, 10 or five or whatever, you know, what is it to me? Be compared to what like, is it to them? If it's like a service like that where they have to kind of in their own price, and if you go in with the expectation of this is what I'm going to get for this much yeah. money, and at the end of it you're like that was better than yeah. I then they had a lot up, more knowledge, they had a lot yeah. more expertise than you thought, and, and yeah. they definitely made it enjoyable. Then sure. So do you feel obligated, or it's a you choose the situation, it, Zach? That's the this is the emotion I, of it that I, I would think. feel. I think I would feel compelled to. Like I was like, oh, this person deserves this because there's times where you see somebody and maybe they're and maybe it's a place where like the market rate for that service is a certain amount of money. And if they charge more then they wouldn't get it. But then you do their thing. You're like, well, they're better than there's times where like I want a good I want sir, a good server or a good person. If they're good at their job, I want them to stay in that job because they're good at it. And and tipping somebody could help them, Well, especially if you're local and yeah. you are regular of a place Yeah, where it's like. You know, I, I frequent the um, Newcastle Buffalo Wild Wings. Shout out to all the people there. <laughs> and shout out to I, his team, home team that's missing him. Shout tonight. out. No, I went on Tuesday. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but, you know, usually I like I've always had pretty good service there. And I try to tip the people that do really well for me. And, you know, and it kind of is uh, reciprocal. You know, you kind of get your, you know paid more attention to and, and things like that. Not saying they, they don't pay attention to other people, but you, you definitely want to f- tip more places you frequent. Right. But if you're um, never going back to that Island and if I'm never that, going back Sean. and I had bad service, I'll give you a 10 or 15% still. <laughs> I'll do something. Oh, what's, okay. What's the worst tip you've ever given? Um, I've done 0%. I've done zero before. I, I've run, rarely though. The worst like, I've ever done is I rounded up from 1998 to 20 bucks. Oh my! That's even more insulting. It was. It was exactly. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> oh, the, sir, I, I didn't forget. The only tip I got was for the convenience of balancing my checkbook. Yeah, she was horrible. Yeah, I mean, I, I've done that maybe two times in my adult life. Yeah. You write her a little note that said, "Find a new job." No, <laughs> no, but I was just like, we were. And it was one of those ones where I'm like, I, am I getting this right? I'm like looking at my now wife. I don't think we were married at the time. And I was like, is this as awful? It had to be a it, long time ago if it was just, it was the two of you. And it was just only the two of us. Yeah. yeah. It was, it went yeah. to the Sizzler in, in Anderson the, or something. The Applebee's in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. And that's, but, that's a $78 meal now for two people in Gatlinburg. I, that was the thing. I think we got an appetizer and drinks and she still was an awful server. Like she, she did acted like she wasn't happy that we were there. So that's fine. Financially, I wasn't there for her that night. I was just did. I, I was like, I looked at my wife. I was like, is this as bad as it seems to be? And normally, if I've ever thought I'm getting bad service, then I will 
bounce it off to other people with me to see if like they're getting the same read. And once in a while it is, I'm like, yeah, I will tip poorly if the service is exceptionally bad because they need to understand that they don't deserve a 20% tip for that. All right. I want some That's, audience feedback on this because this bash, like I said, bash Kreider was a part of the conversation uh, and he, he pretty much demanded a second version of the show. So I want some audience feedback. What do you guys think? Tell us, tell us if we're crazy. Tell us if we've missed some situations that we should be tipping on. If we've not thought this through um, and this may turn into a two parter down the road. I'm a better tipper than him. Are you? Yes. Do you have the documents? I can. <laughs> we want to go toe to toe. Bro. Oh, we'll, uh, we'll be boy. able to. I mean, there's a whole bunch more just like the awkward situations of, do you have to make up for the tip of something? Yeah. Else? I was going to say, Sean, do you check, do you check what part. he did? And then you're like, you Oh, been, that asshole just bit, you, five you, bucks. So I'm going to give yeah, you 20 more. I mean, I don't know. You, I, I it's just, okay. I'll fix I, it. You know, sometimes it, you know, some certain point in the night, you know, your, your heart just tells you what to tip. Whether it's 15, 20, 25%, whatever. And you're that point like, in the night where you can't do the math anymore. So you just like, make it a real big, easy, easy number. What's just, what's a round number? $50 more. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done the $50 tip, but, um, no, just be generous with people. Um, you know, they're serving you. They're in a position, you know, where, you know, obviously they, they depend on what you give them because the, the millionaires of the billionaires run this country, uh, do not uh, pay a living wage for these people. So uh, they need your help. And until we increase the minimum wage, uh, they will continue to do so. All right. Except for maybe the, uh, the hotel staff guy, cause screw her. Yeah. We don't know. We no, don't. you don't. You, I mean, like <laughs> ideally that person gets paid, you know, a what lot if, more than seven twenty five an hour. If somebody handles your bag, do you help them? Do you, do you tip them? I don't fly. I'm terrified. Well, I'm at a hotel. I don't do that. I've never had somebody. I've never my bag. had anybody handle my bag. I'm a real. I'm a real red blooded American man. I tipped last year just to simply have somebody <laughs> take my bag and hide it behind the counter for like three hours because I was waiting on a hotel to open up. And I was like, "Hey, can you watch the, the, the basically the bellman treatment of just you know hold hey, this behind hey, the counter you, for can me? Can you babysit this? Yeah." Because I can't check into my room yet, and I was not a I child. Go do it's cool. just an inanimate object. Just, Can you make just, sure nothing happens? It's to just it? full of my my Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> yeah. That's, all, I mean, that's I, all it is. My all my PFG gear. I think I've even only had a car like valet parked once. I've done in my the only life. time I did it was in Chicago. And I paid like over a hundred dollars, and it was crazy. And I tipped like five dollars. I was just like, I was so. Pissed if they're charging a hundred bucks for the valet, then yeah, yeah it I'm was like, crazy. Yeah, they're t- they're. T- it, the people that make out on the valet are the people where like at a casino where it's a free valet service and then you'll generously tip them. Sure. Uh, unless it went bad. That's what situation where you like get tipped in advance. Unless they nicked your uh, Maserati, right? I, smoked, I don't buff out or they smoked weed in it. <laughs> or they're, man. Or they're There's a man. really, I, listen, we've been talking about my new refrigerator. I want you to know it's a side by side. It's not a top over bottom model here. It's not the, we aren't fancy enough for the freezer drawer. Do you have a freezer drawer? Yeah, I do. I do. See, you, I you do. are, that's like stolen valor and, talking and, about my Maserati. And it, I've got the side by side. And it came with the house that I bought 10 years ago. So I, there you go. I, I'm so middle class. I have a garage for I hate that freezer drawer. <laughs> I hate it. That's a, that's a faux luxury thing. That's like a, uh, 
extra fancy. That's just not extra. Does your fridge fancy. have this an extra? Annoying. Does your fridge have a tr- uh, an extra drawer in it? Like you know, you get the top two drawers, and then you get the bottom refrigerator drawer, then the freezer below it. No, no, that's what I'm, I'm not. Here. No, Sorry. I mean this refrigerator they're, they're is probably like twenty years old. They're so. fancy people. Yeah. What's your fridge do, Zach? What it do? Side side to side. Well, side you got a freezer do. on top, freezer side, on the bottom. Side by side, and I kind of hate it. I hate because there's not. I've got kids. I'm an American. There's not any good room in my freezer for a frozen pizza. They like they have to be on their sides. So when you get them out, the pepperonis on one side, it's all and, falling and, down, and we have to shove it in. It, it won't even fit vertically, and, the, and it's all mushed in there. Yeah, and it's just not a good. thing. We do a lot of fish sticks, so you know, you get a bag of fish sticks. It's I, when I my, when I get back to my house, if I open up my freezer, a waffle a waffle will fall out and hit you. You have you have the extra freezer, or you got one? You roll. I have one. a deep freeze in the basement. Yeah, but no, for you don't keep frozen pizzas used. down there. No, because it's man, my basement's a pain to get down to. Is it running though? You got stuff yeah. in there. You just yeah, it's, get yeah, it's got like uh, pork loins and then just random stuff down there. Yeah, this has been freezer talk on Boss Hog. All right, uh, wanted to give a shout. I'm probably stealing Zach's favorite, his final thought, but we'll we'll talk about it here. Uh, World Donut Hole Championship is coming up on Carb Day. You know what? How much more Carb Day can you get than donut holes? Like Newcastle's just jumping on the Carb Day train their own way. This is the most infuriating. Different thing carb. Is- Different carb, but carbs nonetheless. You know what? There's no. You know what? I'm gonna give you. A, there's no carbs at Carb Day in Indianapolis yet anymore either. No. Those are, they're all fuel injected. But two. Okay, I, See, I was going to be in I've until had, I heard this. I've had my show notes next to me. Which, if you're a Patreon member, you got a copy of them earlier. The world record is 293 donut holes in eight minutes, set last year right here in Newcastle, Indiana. That that's a number. That's a my that's bash a writer. <laughs> no? no, but but like, and Joey wasn't here last year. Joey, Joey, Joey just not yeah, got, the co- he got, he got, he got COVID, COVID right? last year, yeah. yeah, and couldn't make the drive over from like Westfield or wherever he's living. Um, but oh my gosh, almost three hundred donut holes, and with extra sugar because the donut holes got more coating per bit of dough than a yeah. regular donut does. <laughs> That's, I don't even like donut holes. No offense to Jack's donuts. I, only I do, do like their donuts. Yeah, I, I like them if they're blue. I love blueberry donut holes. No. But yeah, but I can't. I've had. Too sugary. I've made the mistake of eating like two Jack's donuts in a day. And it'll make you feel a certain kind of way for oh, a yeah. while. Like you're, you're, it gets you about 90 minutes and you're useless. You're, you're just a lump. You're a donut for the rest of you, the day. You have been crushed. And I can't imagine eating almost. And I bet tomorrow, I bet Friday, next Friday, somebody eats 300. So Friday, May 26, 7.30 p.m. in the 1400 Plaza. You can learn all about it at the uh, MajorLeagueEating.com. Uh, and it's sponsored by, uh, I believe, Newcastle Main Street is one of the uh, one of the groups that's sponsoring the thing. Yeah. Uh, so, so check that out. Uh, final thought here on the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Last weekend was the most attended weekend they've had. Uh, for the opening since like 2017, yeah, seventy thousand people came through the racetrack, and like fifty thousand uh, on race day. Yeah, fifty thousand race day. You kept looking at the camera shot in the north end of the track, so the turn four side, the viewing mounds, and the and the shot looking at the grandstands. Place looked good. Yeah, people, I, people don't understand. I was at the last non GP weekend, their opening day, and they had a car show I loved. Uh, four thousand people showed up. Maybe. And they, yeah, they talked about like four thousand people showed up, and like, I mean, I loved it. It was a great day. They had the celebration of the automobile, like say the cars from nineteen eleven through through the fifties and sixties and stuff. But like, they get they got more people hanging out in Pagoda Plaza 
for the race on Saturday than they had coming the whole weekend before. So yeah. it was a good race. The, uh, the, the place is a massive stadium, right? It's the literally largest stadium in the world. So 70,000 people over two days or 50,000 people in one day still looks kind of empty. But it was the second large, third largest crowd of the year that yeah. they'll have. Other than the Long Beach Grand Prix, those two happened right there. If, like it's it's a huge. I heard crowd. right with a Doug Bowles interview. The, in, the infield's three hundred acres, and no, yeah, three hundred, no three, yeah, three hundred acres. Because he said they have another seven hundred outside the track. Yep. to looking at developing. But yeah, that's a it's a huge space. And so I saw some people like, oh, there's nobody there. Well, it's because they're spread out and they're and they're on grass mounds and you can't see them. And they built a huge. They took two grass mounds and attached them and moved some roads around and stuff on the infield. And that grass mound is enormous. It's huge. And so you could probably fit a you could fit a couple thousand people on the grass mound. So yeah, good crowd. All the right. parking lot we were camped in was full. To yeah, the, completely full. Like we, I left at and an hour before we went up to the stands to go get ice, and they were backing people up to the houses at the. At the back of it, so yeah, it was a full parking lot. So tell me, uh, tell me, final thoughts time here, Zach. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you talk about the city council meeting this oh. week uh, because you, you attend every city council meeting. You've done that for five years, yeah, and, and like once the big paving plan came out, all the roads around your house are getting paved. You attend so much that all of the roads near you are, accus- are going to have brand new asphalt because of your stellar attendance record. That is an accusation you, that's you, being thrown around. You are an institution now. I won't name the streets because that would be wrong. I think that part of the reason the streets are being paved around my neighborhood is because the gas company is tearing them apart. <laughs> or did, or did, it's because you keep going to the meetings. Yeah. Well, they did. They did. For those that pay attention, they did finish the gas work around my house today. And I think I might be the first person done because I was home because I literally had to go downstairs and turn my electric or my gas water heater and furnace off for them to disconnect my old. And I got a new meter and everything. And But because I was home and they could do that, they filled in the holes in my yard. Did you tip them too? Um, no, I didn't. You know what though? I should have because the guy they sent into my house was the nicest human being. I don't know where he'd been. I hadn't seen him the whole time they were working around me, but I bet that they they called this guy in because like, hey man, you're the most polite person in this yeah. group. Just saluted him and thanked him for his service. And oh yeah, as they was, moved on down the street from you. They literally just, but I couldn't get back to my house earlier because they were blocking my street because they were still <laughs> they're still everywhere. There's backhoes driving around and everything. So yeah, city council meeting. Um, we come in, I'll try to do as, qu- as quickly as I can. Cause I, for people listening to Patreon last week, they got enough of me. Um, there's a guy sitting in there that's not the normal crew of people. And cause there's a no, there's like five or six of us that are at every meeting and I'm like, okay. And so he, uh, opens up introducing himself by screaming that they're not talking loud enough while they're, while they're af- voting to affirm the prior meetings minutes. This is important guys. We need to shout this out. So then he's the first citizen to talk. I, normally when you talk at the city council meeting, they ask you for your name and your address. And he said, I legally don't have to provide any of this information. Uh, he did, refused to give his name, refused to give his address. Then he outlines that he's been running around city hall recording with his phone. And he'd had an interaction with the mayor and an interaction with the police department. The police department, he said, was very polite. The mayor, he said, recorded him back, which he said was illegal, according to the United States Supreme Court. Boom. Done. Mic drop. As as an attorney, and, I could definitely say that <laughs> real patriots have fact checked this, and it is true. And so he re- and I think that, and I'm not sure if it actually got it's some not it's true. Not, I'm, I'm no, no, wait, no, no. I'm it's only else. illegal if you do it on eight millimeter. I don't now, want to be taken. Now, what I'm, I do think probably was 
he ref- and I'm not even sure if it ever got to the Supreme Court. I bet there was a decision somewhere about the ability of citizens to record police interactions from their perspective. I bet that at some point it's gone to court and at some point. I don't think at any point they ever said, hey, by the way, mayors can't record you <laughs> back. Because if they said Supreme, a government- The Supremes aren't too worried about the mayors no, of the United so. States. And so town the- managers, yes. Mayors, yeah. hell no. And if it Darren was- Jacobs, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody except Darren. Darren can't have his phone out. Um, because I thought, it was, it was, you know, I'm even thinking during the meeting, like if it's a government agent thing, then he just said that the Supreme Court said that body cams on police officers are illegal because that's the same concept. Right. So don't worry about logic at this point. Yeah. Well, we gotta move past that. So then suspend disbelief. We could press on. He starts, he gets, he gets a, a four minute warning from, uh, the president of the council. Um, Mr. Peck and Paul, and he's like, he got about a minute left. He got four minutes total, whatever. And he's still talking. Um, he's very upset about the mayor not being in his office when he thought he should be in his office and declaring that every time the mayor leaves his office during business hours, he needs to have it posted in the paper or online, something somewhere. He says, that's it. That's, he said, that's also state law. And at some point he referred to City Hall as a federal building. He didn't cite the statute though. No, he was, and he but was I mean, being, he was being asked. That's sovereign to citizen. Cite, to cite the statute. Uh, mistake number one. So there, like, you gotta you, know the statute. Can you tell us what this law is? He's a rookie. Is? Yeah. He's gotta come back better prepared yeah. for this time. He's in single and, A. He's gonna come up to double yeah. A. Yeah. At some point he year. was informed. And I haven't, I have not fact checked this. He'll come next was, level to the council, the county by, council meeting. I, was told by, I just hope he's not one of my clients. <laughs> I was like, this could be anybody. You, I don't know. I can tell you his, his name <laughs> off, off, the, off the record. He um, told you not to say his name. Yeah. Well, that was part of the, that was part of the fun yeah, too. Part of the fun. Um, but he is, he's told, okay. If so he had gotten himself arrested, maybe Sean would have had a client. He might yeah. have. Yeah. So he, uh, would have cost us a co-host. So he does sit down. He's not happy about it. Um, then one of the uh, employees for our economic development corporation is talking because they're trying to gather supporters for or financial supporters and franchisees for a hotel. And so she's talking and about four and a half minutes into her talk, this man blurts out she, her four minutes is up and they inform her. They inform this guy that she's speaking as part of an agency that gets money from the city. She can, talk. she's not general. Public. She's also on the docket for the night. She's, on in there to talk. And so he stole his Burton now. At that point, he is addressed by name, which he had refused to give by a city councilman because it's Newcastle. It's a small town. And if you're a troublemaker by no CR, he is not happy about that. So then he sits for another minute and he stands up and flips off uh said city councilman <laughs> and tells him to F off and then gets slightly outside chambers and first a minute. And yeah, and tells him to f <laughs> off a couple more times. Definitely say that as many. He's times. being told to leave at that point. I think he had words with the police chief on his way out. Um, I'll be honest. At one point during this, I was like, I hope he doesn't have a gun because he just seemed unstable. I mean, this his fun evidently is harassing poor poor city council meetings. He's been informed too, by the way, that the mayor doesn't answer to the city council. There's nothing that he's even in the wrong room. There's nothing they can do. So he left and then didn't come back. There's this whole like. Division of Powers, the executive. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. The very early right? on in his rant, Mr. Pagmall was like, you realize the mayor doesn't answer to us. <laughs> like, there's no point kind of in you complaining to us about this. There's nothing and we can do. And then the judiciary, you got um, the Honorable Joseph Lansinger in the city court. Maybe he'll be Maybe, the next mean, to be <laughs> videotaped. I don't want to do that to Joe. I know Joe. He doesn't need to have to deal with this guy. Um, oh, he'd love it. 
<laughs> I bet he would. So yeah, he got escorted out. And so it was a little bit of a, it was the tensest, it was the most uncomfortable city council meeting I've ever been a part of. There were children in the audience. Um, some of them were upset by what they saw. Um, and, and left early. So it was like, it was rough. But apparently this guy just does that. That's his thing. He's been running around recording city employees trying to do their jobs while he harasses them all week. He had complaints about window tint, I believe. Oh, that was, yeah, I forgot. So he complains. Yeah. He doesn't like the darkness of the window tint of the fire chief's vehicle. And yeah, I thought you were going to talk about the police. No, no. And, and I kind of thought, well, you know, maybe I can't think of like, I know what the police chief drives. I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe, but then I walked outside because if you're a city council meeting, the fire chief's there. So I walk outside his, his vehicle's parked right there. The front windows aren't tinted at all. It's the back. It's just got, it's an SUV with stock tint, which stock tint being second row, third row. So I'm like, I have no problem. He can murder out the back of this thing because he might have equipment back there that's worth a lot of money. But you that, don't want anybody lifting. You don't want anybody to steal because it's taxpayer dollars paid for that. But you can see who's driving. You can see what he's doing. There's there's absolutely zero window tint on the front of this vehicle. And I was like, what the hell is he talking about? Like This guy was just, everything he said was crazy. Apparently, legally, uh, some government officials in the city, mayor included, only have to be in the office one day a year. Some, somebody did tell him that law. They're like, as long as the office is running, he, you know, realize he only has to be there one day a year. There were some other allegations he was kind of throwing around that were not worth repeating, but yeah, very uncomfortable. He seemed like a guy who really needs some, some help or to just disappear or Sean's business card. Any other yeah. final thoughts from Mr. Bertram? No, I, I, uh, minuscule flashback to me. Where was this weather when I ran a half marathon 10 days ago? It was, I ran this morning. It was, it was 41 degrees this morning or 42 and it was glorious. And I wished it would have been like that 10 days ago. It's going to be in the mid eighties tomorrow. Other than that, I'm still running. Um, think Jeremiah thought I might take a break because I'm at 503 days. You hit your big 500 in the month of May. The problem was 500 hit on a rest on a, on a, the last day was a rest day, so I couldn't take off the next day because it was a running day. So I just, as I, I persevere, I'm still going. You carry on. All right. I need an Indy 500 poll winner prediction from you. We've not practiced this. You're two, you, you've had two days of practice so far for the race. Uh, we haven't had Fast Friday. Poll yet. day is this weekend. I need your, I need your pick, your selection. Ooh, I have a hard time betting against Scott Dixon. He's won the last two He's in a row. The last two. Uh, if people watch today, Chip Ganassi is still absolutely slaying the field and that team is loaded. I mean, they are, I don't like the one, there's one guy I'm apathetic towards. He's the defending winner. That's, he's like the least scary one of the four. And cause Marcus is Marcus Erickson, but then the other three are Alex Polo, who's been in the battle the last two years in one form or another and had something happen. He got out dueled for Elio. Also BFF with Jeremiah. Yeah. BFF with Jeremiah. And then, um, then you have Dixon who is the ice man. He's just a monster around there, especially on pole day and And Takuma Sato who just wins the 500. Takuma Sato who might be the scariest guy in that whole team because he's always there. People don't want to pay attention to the fact that he's always there. He's always in fourth place. He's yeah, he, he's in the shot. Every time you see there's I don't know how many years you have to go back to see a picture. You have to probably go back to jokingly to Dario's win when he wrecked in turn 1, but he's always there. He's very quiet. He's just doing the ovals this year, so nobody's had to worry about him and he he's one of those guys that will frustrate you and just 
just win. And you won't even know how he did it because he'll never, he'll never gotten a moment's notice the whole day. I'll take Alex Pillow because he's going to yeah. have a perfect month but, of May. But Dixon is a, a beast. Too, Hard so. to beat. Sean, do you have any Indy 500 prediction for pole? What's, what are the odds on, on the race here? Oh, I actually who's, have who's, them. Who's hang, odds on favorite? Hang on. Is Dixon the favorite? Uh, actually, I statistically should probably be Alex Pillow. But it's Dixon, not. Is it Dixon though? Is, uh, if, Dixon should have won it last year. And he this was is, over this is as of last night. These these are the uh, this is the top I of the line here, I Sean. Can't read odds. So the Dixon's plus six hundred. Yeah. Pato Award. Pa- Patricio Award. Pato. Pato. Is, yes. Uh, plus seven hundred. Newgarden is seven fifty. Hello. That's too much. Is plus eight hundred. I like plus eight hundred. I, I locked like in. I locked in Pelo at plus eleven hundred. Oh. Very solid number. See, I don't follow racing, so I don't. I don't know. That else. Newgarden one's too much. They're giving them too much credit. He's got too much juice, huh? Yeah, um, they've been lost plus for... a thousand. Erickson's plus a thousand. Harris uh, twelve hundred. Will Power twelve hundred. Rossi's fifteen hundred, and Sato plus eighteen hundred. So one dollar pays out eighteen bucks on a Sato bet last Sato night. Would be five bucks on Sato. Interesting log shot it's, there. There's some. Do those? I wonder whoever wrote that. Like watches, they're dynamic. They move all the time. They I know, move, but like the lines the, move but they, all the time. but they have that's they as have, of last night. But like Jeremiah can confirm this: the Pinsky guys are all way too high because they've been lost for like three years, yeah. <laughs> and they've they're a little bit better for this the New year. Garden and New Garden is too. Others, New Garden yeah. should not be above any of the Chip Ganassi. It should the yeah. first four <laughs> should, should all be, be Chip Ganassi cars. And they asked Chip about it today. He's like, ah, you know, they always say that. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then like tomorrow. First thing in the morning when it's still cool. 233 and one, a half. One of them's yeah. going to drop a solo 235 or something like that. And just <laughs> like, yeah, they did that today. I think that like Dixon's lap was like first thing in the morning. It was his fifth lap of the day was the fastest one that sat all day long until the end of the day. And that's what he, that's what, yeah, monsters. And he's the, he's the ice man. He'll just go out there and just lay it down. So did Sean pick Pato? What, 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 who'd you pick? I, I like Sato as a there, there you go. as a long shot pole winner. Now, you're doing. You can do your race pick too. We're going to come back Tuesday and oh, do a real race show. Winner? That no, that is those are the race wins. Those are the race winners. I was just asking yeah, him yeah. for pole because we've got to build the, pole, the month of May drama. Probably Dixon. Yeah, that's fair. I would. That's think. a safe pick. Very fair. The, the only the only reason I know anything about this is because of. Gambling because of sports gambling because of sports gambling. Uh, I won ubiquitous. It is. I won some very significant money last year uh, on a Marcus Erickson pick because he was another value pick plus fifteen hundred or whatever before the month began. You drop twenty bucks on him, and all of a sudden you got bad money for the whole year, baby. Mm -hmm. Sean, you got any final thoughts for me? Your uh, your hockey team. uh, How are they doing in the playoffs? Um, The Blackhawks. That's season going well. You know, we already won. You got gonna, your draft pick lined draft up. Connor Bedard. He's going to be the next big thing for the Chicago Blackhawks. So I can't wait. Um, now give, give me some Chelsea dagger over there, Zachary. Yeah. Yeah. Hit it. Uh, <laughs> maybe they'll change the song now because all those guys are retired or been traded. Uh, but Sean doesn't even have headphones. I, I fixed your headphones for you. I don't know if you noticed that or not. I fixed I it between the. I wasn't wearing them. Yeah. Um, no, still practicing law. Um, maybe someday I'll get good at it. <laughs> Um, well, you just I'm keep working. You keep practicing. That's why it's yeah. called the practice of law. Um, I am also the public defender for juvenile and child abuse services cases, which has been a good uh, move for me. So, no longer handling um, major felonies. Um, 
but I do, uh, as a private attorney, I do wills, estates, divorces, custody battles, really anything you want at Galleon and Rattle Office, 765-529-3787. So you do need to have some sort of a claim to the kid to take custody to them. Though. You can't just be like, I want that kid over there and win that custody battle. You, you, sh- you probably need some. Well, if you're a third party that has custody of the child, you can file a guardianship or there's other options oh, you can talk are, about. There are paths forward. There are paths forward if, if it's not your child, but... I do a lot of guardianships as well. I do some adoptions, and yeah, so things are things are staying busy. Um, traveling this summer up to the UP in Michigan, place I love uh, to be at, and I'm always looking on Zillow for you doing cabins to and, Common and Falls, Saint Ignace. Where are we going? We're going picture to, rocks, uh, to Marquette and Munising. We'll do some picture rocks. We'll do some we'll uh, we'll do some uh, fishing for some. Lake trout and whatever else we can catch, and we're we're gonna get as far. We're as gonna catch and release though this time because I can't like haul them back. You've got to be up there too long. You've got to catch, kiss, and release. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. Me and that's my son. The, love that's it. the Chase Payton. I can't get my wife, my daughter on board with that. But we're only going as far as Petoskey this year. We're we're not venturing that far up. I'll be in Kalamazoo tomorrow. You get Zach's trying to play. Did you find the Chelsea Dagger? Petoskey this year. We're, we're oh no! Yep, you got to mute the podcast. It's this is uh, it's not working well. I had mute the podcast. Mm, nope, I heard myself. I heard myself say Petoskey. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, uh, it's okay. We're getting Connor Bedard. Let's go. There you go. Let's there. go. This is, this is the Blackhawks music for those watching at home. For the uninitiated, this is what happens when they score a goal, and then a bunch of drunk Chicagoans get nuts. You get a taste of it at the Fuel Games as well. You do get it at the Fuel Games with Chicago. You got to do the arm motions, that, uh, Sean. You get it little, yeah. I'll right, do that. That. Was, that was very weak. I'll do that. Uh, Thursday night, we will not have a show next Thursday. We're going to move it up to Tuesday night. Boss Hog on Tuesday night will be our race preview edition. Uh, we haven't asked Forrest Plank, but I threw him in the group chat, and he kind of agreed that he's coming back along with uh, Senior and Junior McCown. Uh, Zach will be co-hosting next week. Uh, and Dakota says that he will produce the show. We're going to be so, out of chairs. So it'll be fine. Uh, we'll be fine. We'll make it work. I can hide behind the Mike, camera. It's uh, okay. Blake can sit on Mike's lap. It'll be fine. It'll or be- Mike can sit. Have you seen Blake? <laughs> Mike can sit on Blake's lap. <laughs> it'll be fine. I uh, want to give one plug real quick. Thursday night next week, uh, I will be hanging out with Joey Molinero at the Vogue. I'm bringing Zach. It's date night. The busiest guy in Indianapolis. Joey, Joey has been promoting this thing on every radio show, every podcast. He has been hustling. It's uh, it's his first time he's done a variety show. It's the night before Carb Night. 25 bucks to get a ticket on uh, on the Vogue.com. And I think I, I bought eight. I'm bringing a group of eight plus Aaron Ewart got a couple more. So I think there's a contingent of about 10 that are in the uh the bhol family that'll be attending this thing you need to ask them if you can just reserve us a table yeah we'll uh, we'll have a good time it should be it should be good uh but 25 bucks it's a value i think willie griswold's coming i think you get a clayton anderson performance in there uh there's been some talk of some drivers that aren't really announced race week it's tough to announce drivers because you never really know but there's a lot of chatter about oh so and so might come might not come you don't know I guarantee Alex Rossi won't be there. Uh, James Hinchcliffe probably will make an appearance towards the end of the night, allegedly. Yeah. If you listen to his own podcast. He's good to Joey. So uh, with that, we say thank you guys very much. Uh, I'm going to go spend the weekend in Speedway because in the month of May, I'm a resident of Speedway on the weekends. And we'll be back on Tuesday night.
Thank you so much, Sean, for being a part of the show. Thanks, guys.